Hey everybody and welcome back to the Xbox North podcast. E3 is gone and now we wait for the games. Um this is the sad part where you know we just wait for the days of these games to come back. This is the Xbox North podcast. My name is Andrew Ravindran and I'm joined by my three great lifelong Xbox mates. I'm going to start with my first person who I hope is not going to be laughing but is my old jolly good friend Jesse Dean. Jesse, how's it going, my friend? Very good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Good to see you again. Getting this oh. podcast started off, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, that's uh, that's what's good. I'm digging your beard right now. It looks like you'd be perfect for Sea of Thieves right now. Oh, it's growing. Yeah, we're growing, and I have uh, my hair now is is in in mini bun stage. I guess you want to call it or whatever struggle bun, whatever you want to call it, and it's growing. It's growing. Nice. Also with me is uh, Dan Robertson. Dan, I got to say, ever since we've been doing video podcasts, I'm loving the look of this. Just digging the thing about it. How's it going? Yeah, yeah. Not too bad. Doing pretty good so far. Nice. Missed out on the game session last night, but... Well, you will, you'll, you're going to come back. All right, and me, I got me and, and me and Josh fault. are going to make you come back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lastly, my uh, dr- yeah. Lastly, my director of operations. I'm going to call you my director of operations because you literally save my behind <laughs> every day on a podcast. Days before, he's always <laughs> helping me, making sure all the podcast is back together, prepping the script with me. Heck, even helping me with what I'm supposed to say because I'm always running out of dumb stuff to say. And I always say the stupidest shit all the time. Joshua James. Josh, how's it going, my brother? Doing good. Uh, I'm doing actually quite well. I'm playing a lot of games. Um, God, I've been really loving, still into uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order right now. So just been playing a lot of that with the new update on there. So just looking forward to, yeah, no, we're at the stage right now where we're kind of post E3. So we're yep. waiting for all this good stuff coming, especially in the next like couple months too. Like we got Forza, Halo, we got Back for Blood coming. So at least we have something to look forward to. And hey, this week we even got uh, Scarlet Nexus, even though not on Game Pass. Go support, yeah. you know. The reviews are good. And, hey, actually, I watched an Easy Ally review on it. Seems actually really good, and I really much enjoyed the demo. So definitely something to look into to pick up and yeah just enjoying to uh, oh, can't wait to see some stuff coming up so yeah definitely feeling good absolutely um also on a little final note um if you're looking for us don't forget you'll also find us on spotify google Podcasts, and apple just look for xbox north podcast uh my director of operations uh joshua james told me to that told me to say that <laughs> um all right all right let's do our first chat of the day um so let's talk about the e3 extended that just happened a few days after e3 um i really like the idea of that microsoft putting something that's a little bit more for the hardcore gamers that's just developer diaries and just discussions of up and coming games because you know what you get when you get a like an e3 uh presentation sometimes it's way too long you're kind of tired there's some games you don't really give two craps about and and then you just get like ah okay or there's just games where you know you can tell they're still in production and you don't want to see or there's just nothing some something that's so exciting to see for the whole big press but you might see something and we just have to say i i really loved microsoft's take on having this additional e3 extended just to show of like what every developer is doing i think it's a smart thing to do because you know what 
there's a lot of games to be talked about. There's a lot of games that you can't put all in for a 90-minute presentation. I think Microsoft's doing this completely right. I do. I love every little bit about it. And the first thing that I want to talk about, because it was admitted on E3 and we all wanted to know, was Hellblade. Um, what a fantastic little like behind-the-scene trailer that we saw. It just looks phenomenal. It's it's on Unreal Engine 5, so they're transitioning. It's still early in pre-production. Epic Games is working with them, so they're having direct access to talk. Josh, what do you think about Hellblade that's coming up? Well, from the trailer we saw, I don't think it's coming up anytime soon, sadly, even though they announced it quite early. Um, but from what I can see from the behind-the-scenes trailer is... It looks like Ninja Theory is starting to become the developer they always want it to be. Mm-hmm. Traveling the world, you know, um, going to the setting of the game. I think it's in Iceland or Greenland. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Um, you can confirm that uh, for me <laughs> if you can. But <laughs> they definitely go over there. It sounds like they're recording. Um, uh, stuff uh, from the location. They're taking pictures. They're making actually full outfits yep. for the characters and scanning them into the game itself. So it's like as soon as Microsoft bought them, they started expanding. They got a new studio. Yeah. Um, I just feel like they are starting to become the studio they always wanted it to, want it to be. And you can see the kind of um like when microsoft first bought them they were developing bleeding edge already yeah before they bought them that was something that you can tell it was kind of a uh trend chaser if that makes sense yeah it was chasing a trend so they could figure out a way to monetize their company to probably fund projects they actually want well at least probably have more passion not saying they didn't have passion in bleeding edge but it was a smaller team it wasn't the full studio but Mm. once that game came out um you can obviously tell it kind of fizzled away but as soon as they got that microsoft money they really kind of upped they announced project morrow which is a psychological deep dive into mental health and now they're doing all this extra stuff for Hellblade, like training all their animators in combat just so they can really feel that, um, like to kind of get more authentic with their animation. I, I'm excited for it, but I don't think it's coming anytime soon. No, no. And How it is you? Iceland. I'm long-winded on that one, sorry. Yeah, no, it's all right. Yeah, go ahead, Jesse. It is Iceland. It is Iceland. Okay. It is Iceland. 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 You, you know, um, I think uh, what's really interesting is that uh, have, have any of you played the original, the Hellblade uh, yep. first one? Playing it I now. Mean, Playing it right now as we speak. Nice. It's one of the games yeah. that I'm playing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's made by a smaller team. I think there was only 30 people of uh, Ninja Theory that was working on it, so it was it was considered like more of an indie game. Um, and you know, I I, I liked. I love the sound. I've loved, you know, in fact, I mean, it looks quite like, you know, a triple A studio level uh, work. I just felt that, you know, you know, when Microsoft bought them and they announced them, like maybe they could get that full production in and make it the game that maybe we could want. Because 
I, you know, I just hope it, it like it becomes maybe our God of War or something. You know, it becomes our kind of like our triple A kind of third person, slow moving action game, but also has a deeper story. And it's, a, you know, I really connected with with that original character. Um, and hopefully, you know, they just make a better game than Hellblade 1. Hellblade 1 is a good game altogether. I don't think it's the greatest game of all time, but like maybe they can improve on... I mean, I hope they improve on the combat. I hope they improve on certainly the puzzles. I had some annoying <laughs> moments with the puzzles, so it looks good. I just hope you know it's, it is what it is, um, and it looks like it's a few years in the making. Uh, Dan, you played Hellblade, or...? Yeah, yeah, I played some of it, and it was really interesting that they they kind of took the aspect of like um, like someone with a mental illness and everything to kind of get people talking about that more and everything too. It was just a very interesting take on like how someone would be experiencing these things, especially in that time period. Just like oh, it's ancient Viking type stuff and everything, but this is kind of how a lot of those people may have perceived it just because they had a diagnosed like mental illnesses and everything. They were seeing things that weren't really there and everything and everything meant a lot more and it all kind of works out because your brain does crazy stuff like that. But it was really cool to just kind of see that in action and have it like pull you in so much that like you just feel like you're kind of there. I found it very hard. The hardest part for me to get through was like I was trying to play it during the day sometimes because it's a yeah. rather dark game yes yeah. Yeah. it's hard to sleep yeah. after you watch yeah. something or after you're Absolutely. playing something like that yeah but then i got my kids and everything too and i kept wanting to be like like i usually keep one headphone off so i can hear everybody and i was kind of like i'm just gonna, just gonna yeah. listen some more and get really into this. <laughs> <laughs> so it sucks yeah and it's it's really yeah. good at that but yeah it's yeah, really it interesting does. style yeah. and and just like how they did it and how much they're advancing kind of like experimental techniques to to design the game and everything too like even they uh like josh was saying the animators are taking like fighting training just to kind of get the feel of it and know how those things would feel or would look like because they're watching people do it they're training with it they're doing it themselves and everything and like apparently the main actress took like a whole ton of uh like extra combat training just to get really really good at it yeah 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 it is yeah yeah, i i will say just when you were talking about the headphones it is the perfect game to put on with headphones the Mm -hmm. the sound and the the sound design overall it's probably one of the best sound design i've ever heard in games you know we don't talk about sound design too much because it's video games we think about graphics and all this stuff but sometimes just the touch and feel of games can also just put on that atmosphere and i've I've always felt like that game has the best the best whispering at least yeah yeah, oh, yeah. If they're gonna use like Dolby Atmos yep. and what um like 3D audio. I I want it to be such a benchmark for 3D audio hmm. for this sequel, considering that the first game really uh pretty much used that almost as a marketing technique for the game itself. Yeah, and it really brought that um like you could like hear them talking behind you if you're using headphones, like using your TV. It was, is, it was even uh, worse during the day for that because I was like, yeah. is that my kids? Like, is that, no, is that no, the game? Is that oh, my kids? That's like, the worst, oh, right? Yeah. Oh. Like, did, did someone just whisper to yeah, me that it's so that, weird yeah, yeah, yeah. on top of itself? That yeah. it's, uh, it's amazing. I want to see what they can do that with that using these new yeah. like Dolby Atmos techniques and even what uh, Microsoft brings to the table. 
Um, I forget their specific name, but um, pretty much does the same thing as Dopey Atmos, yeah. but not as, you know, fine-tuned. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I ended up playing with my uh, 7.1 surround sound headphones, and I'm not sure 100% how well those work because they're fairly old and falling yeah. apart a bit on me now, but uh, it was it was really good sound, just like all around for for their design and everything. Just yeah, little whispers make you think you're hearing things and <laughs> it just adds to that whole level of like talking about mental illness and everything too. It's just like, yeah, that's that's things that happen to people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um and I think the, the last thing is that you know it's it's now transitioning to Unreal Engine 5. And so is I think quite a few other games. So I think because of that, I think that game's gonna come out probably 2023 earliest. It looks like a 2023 game, maybe. And I, Sorry, I really, I, I really do think they're going to, uh, they're really going to aim for the the graphics that they're showcasing. I, I know it's in engine, but mm. uh, like those those shots of flying over the uh, field or or the big landmass and then the the little village, for the longest time, I I thought that was actually real. It was the same Forza effect for me, right? When yeah. I was thinking that I was looking at an actual car. Until, of course, it starts moving, right? And then you notice things. But, like, at first I was just, like... And then they were showing pictures of, like, wood uh, framing and stuff like that. And and the the graphics are incredible. I, I thought it was real. I Unreal, exactly. I, I <laughs> Right? No, no pun intended. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, so there's a couple thinking, shots um, in, that, in that trailer where you see her... Yeah, character model. Oh yeah, it, it, it's quick. You can look up some screenshots from the uh, presentation that they showed. Um, yeah, but I I hope they're just like this is like you thought. Um, you know these. <laughs> you thought we couldn't make a pretty game. Oh no! Yeah. No! Yeah! No! Yeah. It'll be a pretty yeah. game. Here oh, we it'll go. Be, yeah! 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 They're going to be in competition with uh, the coalition for who uses the Unreal Engine the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The coalition, hands down for me, uses uh, the, the Unreal 4 the best. They're the masters what, of it. It's nice that they have the coalition uh, there to help them if they're having like any issues. And you know they they said they're working directly with Epic Games. Mm-hmm. They can be like, hey, we're actually trying to do this weird thing here is there a way we can do that and you know you can say they have like vip access to one the coalition and two epic like right you, you got one yeah. the people who make Epic, the, the engine itself and then two the masters of that engine and of course you, know? you want to help them because of like they literally are promoting the best parts of your engine it's such a known franchise that it's like yeah of course we're going to uh help yep. these guys do get this engine because we know the capabilities and we want the developers to really oh I, i'm oh i'm excited because i still think that gears of war 5 is still one of the best looking games i've ever seen to this day oh, it is, it is. Uh, the yeah, hive busters absolutely. especially it's uh, yeah. oh every time i played it every single time i i i fired that game up it shocked me about how how beautiful of a game it is it's just such a great 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 uh, looking game yeah it's funny just remembering back to when i was young we keep we keep talking about this because we're old guys yeah but uh it's just dead. funny Tell like us. yeah 
Yeah, just just remembering growing up on all these like old school graphics and everything. Oh like, yeah, Goldeneye back in the oh, day yeah. and everything, and just the polygons. Like you've got like a a, a triangle shaped face. Yeah. Warms the heart, man. Thinking about and it, I, though, right? And and I think as like you know my son and my daughter, they're never gonna uh, <laughs> like I, I will try and get them to appreciate that yeah. where we came from from there. Yeah, um, but it will be like pulling teeth right because yeah, they'll be yeah. like look at what i have access to you want me yeah, to play exactly. this like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. i remember my uncle trying to get me into like better. text adventures my uncle was yeah. trying to get me into text adventures and i i honestly gave it a good shot but it was it was hard because it's like it's not something you're used to yeah and like it was very different i ended up playing a few because they did get really like a lot more interesting but it it, it i ended up playing them when i was older and I could appreciate them a little more and everything because there was so much story and everything in some of the games that I was playing that I actually wanted to go back. And yeah, but it'll be interesting to, to what, see. Yeah. On to what? Uh, yeah, you guys are talking about. It's true because when I when I think of um, uh, my daughter, let's say because I got my console when I was eight years old, so by the time Erica is eight years old, that's probably going to be around the time Elder Scrolls Six is going to release. So that's going to be like if if yeah. I if I I'm not going to come on. It's not yeah. that she's if it's not suitable for an eight year old. Okay, but yeah. but if she can see the graphics and that's her first experience at eight years old. Yes, she's played like other little games like Lego and Cy- Psycho um Psychonauts One and all those type of things. But like that is like that is the bar, right? I f- started playing games at eight years old, so. This is what the games are looking at when she's eight years old. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. unbelievable. This generation will be playing Bethesda games that aren't yeah. super glitchy. It's yeah. going to be weird. <laughs> yeah, because they're not <laughs> making it for multiple. I know. They're going to be like back in our day. Yeah. You mean Fallout wasn't like glitchy eight? at all? Oh, yeah. Sometimes those are fun. Playing Morrowind yeah, for yeah. the first time. Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Before before we transition, I kind of want to chime in. Just I kind of want to talk about the age thing. Is I this isn't even that long ago, but I remember even like E three two thousand five, seeing Unreal Engine three running Gears of War the original and being scared oh, of man. the locusts. But being scared of the locusts, like oh, I actually generally yeah. found it kind of scary. Yeah. Like I thought this was like a true horror game, and then I, I was said, a little bit. I was a little older. Bit like, to yeah. not be like scared of it that way yeah. like but when the yeah. console came out i was i was um 2006 that yeah. i was 21 years old though so yeah i, I, I remember my... the meat cube the yeah. meat cube in the, in the <laughs> demo it was the, the cube and oh, they were shooting yeah. it yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i remember oh, that i remember that oh, yeah. man. it's 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 like i don't know how to say it it's it's just putting us on like an age thing but like for us the, like our jaws dropped like yeah I, like my jaw especially the multiplayer the multiplayer here's oh, uh, war insane. multiplayer oh yeah. that was all that was me all that was me all over hey. the place um Awesome. Anyway, we, we, we should transition to something kind of actually this is also alluding to something that's also, you know, like a big discussion that um, Jesse, I wanted to tell you about because we, we were mm. talking about something that happened a while ago. But Japan, Japan oh, yeah. is finally becoming one of Xbox's biggest emerging markets for a it's- long time. I thought, you know, we're just going to be extinct in Japan. We're never going to exist in Japan. Japan does not know Xbox. It's just some American console, right? Um, how the tides have turned with this generation. There's more dev kits than ever. Um, it's just great to see so many like productions made in Japan. Where we finally own a J- Japanese studio. And guess what? The Series S is selling a lot. So is the Series X. 
and Game Pass is very affordable, and Xbox Cloud Streaming in Japan is going to be huge because, heck, in Japan, the number one place where people are playing games is not on the console, it's not on TV, it's not on computer, it's on the phone. Yep. And that's the big, important aspect of it. When I met you, Jesse, me and you were talking about some really cool Japanese games, and we were just like, man, remember those games? Remember when we tried to do it in Lost Odyssey and Blue Dragon? Enchanted oh. Arms. Did you ever play that? No. Yeah. Oh, Enchanted yes, Arms was a really good... Uh, another. Uh, it was an. It's an RPG. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember... I can't remember if it was a, a really Japanese nice studio or if it was right yeah. or if it was just targeted for the Japanese uh, um, audience. But I, I, I big time remember those days when they were trying to get into uh, Japan and there there were successful games like um, Lost Odyssey. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what is it called? Endless Sonata or something. Eternal like Sonata. That? Eternal, Eternal Sonata. Sonata. The Chopin oh, yes, game. Yes, the Chopin yes. game. I love the that Chopin. Game. Yeah. 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 What a beautiful art style. Like. Yeah. Um, that game was absolutely gorgeous yep, and was. um games like you know lost odyssey blue dragon yeah um but yeah you're saying they are becoming their uh, pretty much their biggest emerging market right now and i'm honestly i'm not really surprised uh they've been focusing on putting games like the yakuza series onto game pass uh they got Blue Dragon. I think there's even a holiday for Blue Dragon. Like Blue Dragon is huge in Japan, and um, just the affordability of the One S and the, you know, um, you know, they don't have a ton of space uh, in their living quarters, and the size of that One S is super attractive. They see that in a store just out about and. They're like, okay, and then you can just sign up for this service and just get all these games with it right off the bat. Yeah. Not, um, and they're no slouches either, these games, right? Like, yeah. yeah, that's an easy sell. You got games like, you know, what just came out this week, the Scarlet Nexus. Uh, there's, Yakuza? There's, yeah, Yakuza. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's, uh, there's a lot of rumors that the Persona series will be coming out and eventually... Uh, it just shows that titles, even though like titles like Final Fantasy, for some reason going exclusive all of a sudden, but you know, money talks. That's that's a competition for you, right? Not a yep. big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we found out it, a, yeah. it shows that um, that alone doesn't sell the console, and they're doing great, and that's fantastic to see because I hope we get more Japanese games out of it. Mm-hmm. I think also the 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 thing is that Game Pass actually has a ton of JRPGs now on their library, and and not only that, but they have some great games from Japanese publishers. You, you guys just said Yakuza, Dragon Quest. You know, Dragon Quest is quite huge, and the fact that you know instead of buying it for a full price, you get Dragon Quest. Um, I even think about the fact that um, you know Japanese publishers also try to see how Game Pass was, and they took a, even though Outriders is not a Japanese game, it's made by People Can Fly. You know they took that a lot in account, like they saw a lot of growth from that, so they're gonna notice that, and they're gonna be like, okay, should we be just make you know, should we if we release a game on Xbox, we just put it on Game Pass and have a great growth for that? So I I just think that's huge, you know. Uh, how, uh, Octopath <laughs> did for them. Sorry, you were saying? No, no, that's okay. Yeah, I was just adding something about Dragon Quest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. I wonder how Octopath did for uh, Square Enix, uh, considering that's a similar thing. 
Yeah. You're saying in high school, Jess? At, uh, about the Octopath thing, it has to be uh, pretty well because the, you know that did release on Game Pass as well, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that just Day allowed one. that. Yeah, and that that was yeah. uh, that 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 they got those uh, players. No, I was just saying, I in high school, I don't know if I should say this or not, but Dragon Quest was so big. Um, in high school, I, I was actually uh, tr- trying to get the the games on the emulators. You know what I mean, oh, and uh, and and play them on the emulators and and try to get the original Dragon Quest and and I played yeah. Dragon Quest yeah. one, uh, two. These were uh, Japanese releases that um, I don't think they had English dub. Yeah, there were there were some mod that they added to translate the the Japanese writing. Um, yeah, yeah. Do that oh, in an Xbox. And and. It's funny you're saying like to get ROMs because like it was the same thing when we were kids. It was the same thing of trying to get anime. Remember like Dragon Ball Z? Oh man, way ahead in Japan, and we we kept on like trying to get like the the cassette tapes, and those cost like so much money. Uh Like I remember that, or trying to get the DVDs of them. Um, And now we're just like, oh, it's on the internet, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely not, not anymore. No more crunch, struggles. Crunchy roll, and you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh. You know, um, I think the thing that they can benefit is um, for Japan is you know just for developing for the cloud. You know, like that's a, such an important uh, way for a lot of Japanese developers to make it because you just hear about all these other developers making games for the cloud and how you know, they can excel. Japanese developers make games quite differently than an American developer or a European developer. And you, like, you know, the benefits of the cloud, I mean, I, I can't talk too much about it because I'm not a tech guy, but I do know I have a couple of tech uh-huh. guys here that can talk about it. Dan and uh, Josh, you guys yeah. definitely love about it, but um, you know, like let's, let's just talk about, you know, making the idea of just even making games for the cloud and like, how you know maybe even like developers from japan because they're probably not the bigger studios of you know like anything from us or in in europe and all that stuff like what what are the benefits you know just developing a game for cloud that's the interesting thing is like uh like a huge part of it's going to be scalable hardware because you can just keep adding hardware in the back end and you can basically make it as powerful as you want as long as you can get that to work properly and then on top of that, you're also like able to run the game basically off of one hardware system that just a few terminals are connecting to. So that mm-hmm. actually changes how you can develop the game and how you can manage, especially multiplayer type type yeah. games and everything. Yeah. There's a huge like potential there for yeah, having a massive world and a massive game all running on this big, super powerful console that nobody on their own could afford to run mm-hmm. these games and everything and connect to multiple consoles like that. And then just, yeah, have it run. Like we kind of saw like a bit of it trying to be utilized with um, um, Crackdown even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they okay. were showing a great demo on that a long time yeah. ago. That was just like, yeah, showing like, the okay. stars on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> we can achieve yeah. it now, but we can achieve yeah. it now. <laughs> Actually, we have a right? we, we we have a real world example of it right now um, in Flight Simulator. Simulator. They stream yeah, the yeah. map into the game. Like if you're flying around the whole world, you think the game would be like i couldn't even imagine how big the file would be on yeah. your, your computer. So they use yeah. Azure to 
stream in the satellite images and the game kind of procedurally makes it they obviously you know go in and make uh like more popular areas more detailed and and stuff and now that you can land uh anywhere but um you know transitioning yeah to the cloud topic you know they just announced that they are going to be making cloud only games or a hybrid of both like flight simulator that will you know utilize the cloud and you know they just actually harry uh, hired a person from google um, yeah. actually a great kim developer swift. kim swift yeah, kim yeah. swift yeah, yeah. and yeah. Oh. she's going to be she's been working on stadia for a long time even though stadia is the product as it is now it's still kind of good to have a person who's one a great developer and two has kind of lived and breathed that world for a while but you've had like uh, like developers like from the grid developers saying hey we can do way more people in multiplayer and uh more uh interesting stuff just because we are on the cloud mm -hmm. we can do more with that so the fact that they are one they're not abandoning consoles yep, what no. powers the cloud is the console oh, itself yeah. so the you know the the benefit japanese developers have the benefit of any developers is when you make a game for xbox you make it for the cloud simultaneously it just works which is really nice so i'm i'm very curious what you're probably going to not see anything like too dramatic. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually probably, you know what, I'm I'm very curious what Forza Motorsport will probably utilize in something like that. What about yeah, Starfield? Even, what about the next Horizon sure. after 5? What if it's yeah. a world? Like, exactly. Um, what if they take that concept of Flight Simulator where it's doing the world, or they're like, oh, we're going to do all of Europe. Or, you know what, we're finally going to do Japan, but we're going to do the entire island of Japan. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm very curious about. That would be cool. Yeah. If Also, if, if I'm sure, well, I'm, I'm with a bunch of three old guys. So if you don't know who Kim Swift is, uh, oh. she made Portal. She made Portal, which is, you know, a fantastic game. So this is clearly like a smart hire. And, uh, well, she also did Google Stadia. Dad, um, actually, Josh, you were saying it. Yeah, it is the developer of Grid. They're the ones who said that. It's 40 players on um, just on a multiplayer race, which is ridiculous. I was just used to like 10 or 12 players. So, mm. Well, they're obviously achieving that with like other games like Riders Republic and, uh, the, you know, the new Battlefield and stuff. And there's ways to unlock it on like current hardware, but they're saying it just is is a lot easier through that. Absolutely. I'm wondering if there's actually existing games because there is a thing that actually 343 is figuring out that if the Master Chief Collection, they're trying to see if they can do 30 to 60 players. Did you guys hear about this? It's actually just just came out on like Twitter and, and just a couple of articles very recently. So mm -hmm. that would be cool. kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, hope, I, mean, I hope they apply that to Infinite. Because I want more than twenty-four players. I want yeah. more than twenty. I'm sure oh. there's some sort of yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Jesse. I uh, did they not give a player amount in uh, yeah, Infinite? They, they yeah, did twenty-four. Twenty-four. But I think there's a big team battle coming up. Yeah, the I team battles bigger, are 128 yeah. players in, in one in, uh, in in Battlefield. In Battlefield. Oh, yeah, that's Battlefield. I'm yeah. so yeah. sorry. Yeah. My yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. my bad. My bad. Yeah. 
but I can I, do that for Halo. Yeah. Oh, I know they could, right? Because then, then that they'll would really that. bring us back to those big, yeah, uh, yeah. big matches. But it's, uh, that's when I feel like they'll start leaving the old hardware behind at that point, and mm-hmm. um, maybe even just be like, "Hey, it's been a couple of years. Uh, all you people on Xbox One, you're going to play the cloud version of this game." Now. I think <laughs> next year the uh, consoles are totally phased out by next. I don't think any. I don't think any major title next year is coming out on the original um, consoles. I can't see it happening. Uh, like, I mean, like closer to the end, like, like. And what I mean by that is, like, Starfield might be one of those games that are 100% not on um, the old-gen consoles. They were already talking about that might be the case. Do you know what I mean? I think, yeah, I think Forza Horizon 5 will be the last. Yeah. Maybe there might be something down the line. They they were saying 2021. They were going to say till the first two years of, like, the Xbox Series X that they'll still support the Xbox One. So, but, you know. You never or know, if, right? If Sea of Thieves keeps on doing as good as it is, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, yeah. but that—that's that is. They have the base work there, though, for to play on the original consoles. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how yeah. that translates. Yeah, I find indie games will still be releasing, but stuff that is starting to transition into like new ways to do like physics and stuff like yep. the next forza motorsport will be doing kind of reamping that a lot of stuff that's a lot more cpu heavy mm-hmm. um, um that's where we'll start to see more of a transitioning out of that yeah. Yeah, it'll be nice to see even just like some of the power transferred over to the cloud because like you could still run quite a bit off of even the the Xbox One consoles and everything, especially That's the right. Xbox One S and everything. Right. And it'll be interesting to see them just kind of slowly like start to generate more things through yeah. the the cloud software and everything. Really... And can you be really mad as an Xbox One owner when they're just like, "Hey, you're yeah. already playing online. Why don't you just stream the next gen version?" or the sequel yeah. to your console. It's not like they're forcing you to buy um, a console. Right. It doesn't yeah. leave you behind. It allows you to 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 m- make you your purchase reason right. A reason. For the, uh, online all the time. Yes. Yeah. And and <laughs> if you happen to want to get a console then it get, you know what I mean it allows you to take your time to to move and transition into that, right? When you you know it, I, I think that feature is is totally amazing and and it's just it just shows how uh in tune uh with its its fans microsoft is right now and yeah. they and they really are they really are yeah because all these things are all things that are like quality uh life things like the the i was just before doing the podcast i was talking about how amazing i think it is that like i have my series x connected to both my laptop and my phone and at any given time i can play games on all like three of them uh that is that's to me that's revolutionary that's never happened before um and the way they're going about it solid solid yeah yeah I'd be curious of uh, I think was it Josh? You've got an Xbox One S and like like just just be curious of how you're going to stream it. Like if you want to like you know if you do like Microsoft Flight Simulator on a stream and how that how it goes on that stuff. I have the One X. Oh, you have the One X. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I thought you had the One S. No, Ryan has, and Ryan just got our buddy Ryan just got the One oh, S. Nice. Yeah. Oh, awesome, yeah. awesome. And he says uh, it's great. 
I played yeah. the, the the OG. I had the OG Xbox One for the, the old... OG. Yeah, bought that. In, yeah, 2015. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice. nice for those people who bought the One X. Yeah, and don't feel like they're gonna be because I imagine those people will want to upgrade eventually mm-hmm. uh, to the Series X, but yep. they'll still be able to enjoy Flight Simulator. Like yep. I, I have a work friend of mine who usually doesn't even buy the consoles until like almost like five to six years into the life cycle of those yep. consoles, and now he'll be enjoying all these games. Absolutely, yeah. No gamer left behind, and I love it. Yeah, the consumer-friendly versions of Microsoft. All right, let's let's move uh-huh. on to Sea of Thieves. Um, yesterday, well, actually, if you're going to watch the bot broadcast, it's going to probably be a few days later. Sea of Thieves just released a expansion of Pirates Life, which is the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, crossover for Sea of Thieves. Josh and I played it. We had a lot of good time. I mean, it's great to see like such a focused narrative on this. This is two years in the making. Apparently, Rare was keeping this on like on secrets for two years. No yeah, I'd that. say it was a pretty much a big when I when that happened, I was like, whoa, what? Why well, didn't even see this coming? But this is pretty awesome. Have you two tried it, Dan, Jesse? Have you guys tried it yet? I tried it. Uh, I because I, I do I do I installed the game uh, a few days ago because I'm in and out of that game. Uh, yeah. I I wasn't able to play it because it is multiplayer, like 100%. So I wasn't able to activate the the story. But uh, I can't wait till I can. You'll you'll play with us. You'll play with us. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Oh, we'll we'll do our Galleon crew, guys. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I haven't played the... uh... Uh, the new Tall Tale there just yet, or like the experience yep. that they were talking about, the expansion there. And uh, But I have played lots of Sea of Thieves before, and yep. I've always enjoyed that game. It's always a fun like pick up and, and play, and there's no... I, I like the style that it's there's no real like edge that you can yep. get by like, yeah, buying items or like even just earning items or something like... It's, it's got its plus and minuses, but yeah, you've always got uh, like different looks for your guy. That's and all vanity. Different interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Which is, you know what, at the end of the day, for a lot of these games that are like that, these live service games, the I like <clears throat> a lot of people call it in the Destiny community, you're playing Destiny at the end, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it's yep. all about your look. So the game just kind of just uh, very much leans into that, but uh it is a interesting expansion um we were playing it yesterday you go through this portal and it's not multiplayer which is interesting it's very focused um, it's scripted you're yeah. in your own instance so you're not getting attacked by other players yeah um there's interest in narrative it's all done through like ghost uh, and you don't see Jack until pretty much at the end at the the tall tale. I found the fight with Davy Jones lasted a little longer. Yeah, we we could have used a couple of people. Maybe. Spoilers, yeah. spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. spoilers. So sorry, spoilers. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I was just I, I, not, how dare you? We are a podcast. Well, this is early, 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 early yeah. stuff. And they said <laughs> it on the thirty-minute showcase. They announced it showcase. Yeah, which we were going to talk about. <laughs> no, no, they've they've announced that part in the showcase, so we are saying everything that Rare has. So only played Josh. the first Tall Tale out of yeah. like what four yeah. or five of I, them. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a lot, and it was long too. Yeah. And so um, what 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 does it uh, entail? 
uh, quest-wise, and what are what are your objectives? Because you know the base game is is pretty much you're doing um, uh, quests. Obviously, you're digging for treasure and stuff like that, and trying to solve puzzles. What what is it, what is it really? Uh, well, there was. It's a lot of like uh, how it is where you pick up the object and uh, you bring it with you. So there's a lot of like, hey this skeleton this skull is talking to you from a cage above you and you have to kind of go through um kind of like almost like a little jumping puzzle uh, where you pull levers to get to him to cut down the cage to pick up his skull Mm. and you can bring him to like different bodies and put them on the bodies and there's a narrative to like each kind of place you bring him to Mm -hmm. so there's there's a good uh, every action you're doing has either a voiceover behind you and a reason to do it, but they do a really cool thing. So we'll just talk about, and Jess, don't worry, we'll play this right after. Uh, yeah. But um, you get the skull, you bring it to the lighthouse and he mm-hmm. teaches you how to call the fairy man because you're like on, you know, when you die in Sea of Thieves, you go to the, this fairy so you're kind of in the world of that place oh the first mission is all about calling that boat to this island and getting onto a rowboat and sneaking onto that ferry to free jack cool really cool Um, yeah and the whole sneaking onto the boat like i love the getting onto the rowboat and just like rowing to the ferry it it, it felt so um cinematic actually yeah like but organic at the same time yeah Yeah. i i just uh everything that josh is saying just add i just love the fact that this game has like scripted story experiences because when i first played it i was just like oh it just felt like a lot of quest hunting and all this stuff you have this uh character called a cursed captain that comes with you he's like this talking skeleton mind you i'm not a big sea of thieves player but i just like the fact that there was somebody with you at all times that was like making this game a bit more interactive and just Mm. and just just it it just brought something that i kind of wish this game had the beginning but i'm just admiring it so yeah Um, yeah they they had a lot of like animations like you're watching jack um uh, jack sparrow fight like this crab monster at the front of the boat um while you're fighting uh davy jones um but yeah i'm very curious what the second uh tall tale has so uh, the good thing that the fact that just that we went through it is mm. there's a couple of spots that we got stuck on and we'll just okay. fly you through it yeah so. exactly yeah <laughs> oh, that's good <laughs> yeah thank god that wasn't a live stream that was fully broadcasting we, we got stuck for about a good 20 minutes <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah. yeah 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 and we're like oh yeah there's failed the escape room <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's the and um i you know the the thing to add about this and i i, I want to bring this to a discussion is that um rare presented this as an xbox showcase on you know on xbox uh, on the youtube channel and it was it was a 30 minute showcase that i don't think we get that a lot on a lot of first party games you know you get that nintendo's treehouse or playstation state of play where you know you get to see like some big game and all the little aspects of it you know coming up i just wanted to say like we should get that for more games like Halo, Forza, and Gears, and Starfield because I'd love to go for deep dives, right? Um, I just I had a lot of fun watching it because I didn't want to play Sea of Thieves for a while. Watching that, 
I was like, Josh, can we play Sea of Thieves? I know we're supposed to do a scripting for this podcast yesterday, but I'm like, Josh, can we play Sea of Thieves? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm curious to see what you guys think about it and if you guys saw it. I mean, I saw like a uh, little bits of it and everything, but uh, I haven't uh, yeah played it too much yet. Yeah. Well, Josh, I, I did watch the full thing. And yeah, no, I did like the format it was in. I hope yep. we can get something like this more often, kind of like a state of play or reminding me of like the, the Vidox um, oh, Bungie yeah. used to do or even yep. what they just did recently with the Halo multiplayer. Yeah. Um, just like these these deep dives into these games because it makes them feel special. Like they they yep. actually care about it. They, they made like yeah. a little mini documentary on it. Yeah. And um, it makes that hype for the game even more. Um, it just it, it gets you really, <laughs> really yeah. jazzed for the game. So uh, I hope they they continue something like this because I feel like games like Starfield deserve something like that. And the fact oh, that yeah. they did a thirty minute deep dive for essentially just something that is an expansion for an existing game, mm-hmm. but it clearly worked because the game is like what number one selling game on steam right now. Again, um, the population is off the charts um, again. And because of this expansion and they really um, showed the kind of meat and potatoes of that expansion dived, they delved deep into it, showed its worth and why you should be excited about it. Uh, Best pirate game. Sorry. what? Best pirate game. Ooh, we'll can, I, when... can I can I say something? You want you want to know what my favorite best pirate game is? Sid Meier's Pirates for the oh, original yeah. Xbox. Yeah. Have you guys played like that? Assassin's yeah. Creed Four. Mine yeah, is probably mine yeah. is probably a Bethesda title Ooh. called Pirates, Pirates of, of the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yes, you got yeah. it. You got it. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that one. That yeah. is old school for the original Xbox. Yeah. One game that I played a lot of on that that. Uh, system it was a great bethesda kind of rpg uh narrative trading game ah oh, it was great it's great yeah yeah but um yeah no josh i completely agree with you we need more of those especially yeah. I'd, I'd love to see like another vida from like whatever if it's from halo but even if it's just from a game that I don't know too much about, you know, let's just say I'm sure we're going to get something for Starfield down the road, but like, let's hypothetically say Redfall, something I have no idea what's it about. I'd love to see a 30 minute, you know, just like a bunch of talk about the music, game design, gameplay, just, uh, you know, cinematics, anything like that. I just want, I would love to see that. I'd, I'd love to be more sold on these games than just, you know, these trailers that we see. It's just, I think it's, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna do our research, and everybody's gonna buy a game, and we're gonna try it on Game Pass. But you know, there's also a great way to hype a game. You know, just to help with the pre-orders. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting way to get to know the like developers and everything more too. Like you uh, get yes. to see some actual faces of people who are working on the game and who are putting their blood, sweat, and tears into the games for you guys and everything, and for us, and and like yeah, really showcasing the people behind all of the the games. Yeah, yeah, and like where they get their inspiration from. Yep. Um, even like we back to the top of the show talking about um, Hellblade too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, their passion 
going out to all these locations, training, it's you passionate about it. And it's like, it's nice to see where that comes from. Like uh, seeing three, four, three and a lot of halo veterans, veterans talking about their passion for halo and why they got into the gaming industry. Yeah. Um, it's uh, for us gamers. I feel like stuff like that sells us to the game. Mm, totally. And uh, also what sells is the fact that we're going to play them all for free on Game Pass. So that's Ooh, not bad. Okay, yep. nice, nice. Man, Can watching we... that press conference, like, yeah. remember like year, like a couple of years ago when you watched one of those and you're just like, mm, okay, I'm going to buy this one, but I'll probably wait for this one to mm-hmm. go on sale. And yep. then you watch this and you're just like, I'm just going to play all those. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're making a, you had to make a selective yeah. choice because you, you didn't have all the money. Yeah. To get yeah, all those those, games. those sixty dollar games. Well, now it's seventy, but those sixty dollar games were, you know, you choose three or two or your whatever it is, depending on how much money you can put in, or your fall of Christmas. Now it's just Game Pass. Okay, I'll wait for the release date. Let's wait for the release date, and it'll come in. You can't even rent them from Blockbuster anymore. Oh. Maybe we should yeah. just ask that, just just so we can go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> We need Blockbuster yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, please, please. Our kids will never know Blockbuster. Yeah, it's funny the people right. who complain about Game Pass. Like, if you grew up like us, like, like we, yeah. our Game Pass was Blockbuster. Yeah, literally. same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. same yeah. exact thing. Yeah. I just in I, the virtual space. I remember yeah. uh, playing Max Payne two, and I love that game. But it was like an eight hour game, and I'm just like, well, I don't want to buy forty nine ninety nine or fifty nine ninety nine for this. I want to. I want to just rent it in Blockbuster. Yeah. It's going to be one. I'm going to beat this game in a day. One weekend, right? One weekend, weekend or, right? Weekend games, right? So, and I love short games. I love. I'm right now playing Wolfenstein Two: New Colossus, and it's. I'm almost done. I think I'm at the. Oh, I love last. Hellblade. Yeah, right? Hellblade six hour. Oh, give game. me a short game. I'm, give me a short. I'm game. all over. Yeah, I'm all over yeah, a short I'll game. I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Especially being a dad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I can't say I mind too much that like Blockbuster's kind of gone away with and everything too, because at the same time as it was great and nostalgic for us, it was probably not so great for the game developers to have yeah. all these games out there that people weren't yeah. buying. And yeah. now with the yeah. game streaming and everything, yeah, the revenue streams are a lot better. It helps indie developers more than it hurts them. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're seeing more user base as that's well. Funny that the change is good, at least. Yeah, yeah, change. Yeah, let's talk about our biggest. Well, I want to say this is the big discussion of the uh, of the podcast. Um, a few days ago, or I believe just a days after E3, Pete Hines had a discussion on uh, Gamespot where um, everything just got taken out of context, and it pisses me off because every goddamn time. Uh, I feel like, you know, because we're an Xbox podcast, we got to defend ourselves because it seems like the media hates us or we're the villains or we're something is wrong with us. But, you know, the big question is, did Pete Hines really apologize to PlayStation fans for Xbox exclusivity? That's the big discussion. Well, I want everyone to chime in and I'm going to chime in because, heck, I'm I'm quite angered about this because this is this is getting to a point where I'm just like, do do people have to take words, certain parts of an interview, and then make an article out and just freaking put up some weird false narrative 
and just play it out there and then more other articles are going to be written and then it's like did he just say what i think he just said and let's just put that in here and take it out and that's what i saw and that is exactly what i saw sorry that was my weird i don't know what my accent was there but that is what i saw and this is what i'm getting accent yeah well it's my trolling accent but i'm i'm just i'm sick and tired of hearing this but Okay, I'll, uh, this is going to be... I need every one of you guys to talk about this, all right? Who who wants to go in? Jesse, you want to start in? Sure. Do, you, so do we have I'll, to apologize yeah. for them? Well, absolutely not. Um, and was that even an apology? Did, did, did Pete... Absolutely not. Um, the thing that everybody is failing to understand... Maybe I'm just going to keep this nice and short so we could... Uh, you can't... When... when, when Two companies are buying each other, or I mean, one company is buying another. Obviously, there's going to be discussions, and obviously, these sort of things are going to come up on the table. And if they weren't comfortable with the fact that these games were going to be exclusive, they wouldn't have probably signed the deal. They know because they believe in Game Pass. They know because they see the direction. They like the direction. Uh. It's it's it is going to get their games to a lot more gamers in the long game, right? And and that's what it is. And it's okay to for people's uh, feelings to be hurt. And you know, some they were they, look at they. There's a lot of you know holding faith to Starfield was going to be a multi-plat. I mean, multi-console um, game, but. It's just not the case. Uh, the writing was on the wall right from the get-go when they signed the deal, and Pete Hines or uh, Phil Spencer specifically said where the games are going to be played. It, it, it could not have been any more clear. And and I tried to tell uh, people this, and with you know, you, you, they won't believe you because. I don't know. Maybe it, it was just the narrative that, you know, PlayStation gets everything and, and all the other consoles don't. And that's what they're used to. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a new day and it's a new generation. Um, Bethesda is Xbox uh, first party and I don't expect any future games to come out on any other platform. I don't. I just don't. Any other game. I don't. Yeah. Uh, maybe online titles that exist already, but in terms of new projects that are in the works, new projects that are coming up, it, it will all be exclusive. I said this from the beginning because the only reason why I said this from the beginning, not because I think I'm right, because I listened to the head of Xbox and his words. And that's shocking, it! Right? Right, that's it! I listened shocking. to what the man had to yeah. say! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and or sorry, uh, no, go ahead. Uh, well, what I find is is funny is the fact that Pete Hines had to actually come out after the fact and say, uh, "quote I'm not apologizing for exclusivity. I don't have to uh, to do. I don't have to do anything. Uh, some of our fans are upset, angry, and I'm sorry as uh, they are. That isn't wrong." or weird uh it's acknowledging how they feel that's it that's my whole point so that tells you right there he's just understanding that people can like i i get that you know you might have this perception that uh starfield was going to be multi-platform but 
this is kind of like the name. This is how the game works, right? Yeah, uh, this is how they, were, works. Yeah. they were shopping this game around for exclusive exclusivity to even Sony before they were getting purchased. And you like the the narrative, how the narrative would have been reversed if we lived in a world where one, they didn't get purchased and two, Starfield was a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. Um, at least when it's exclusive to Xbox One, we're getting it in the cloud. Two, we're getting it on uh, the most affordable console and the most powerful console at the same time. And two, we're getting it on PC. So yeah. if anything, Microsoft having that exclusivity, which that game was going to be exclusive, it sounds like, to one or the other. Um, and it looks like Sony decided to take you know, the death loop and... Uh, Tokyo, yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo, Ghostwire, yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo instead, because probably like if you're asking for Pete Hines' new project he's been dreaming of for the last 25 years, I doubt that would have been a cheap uh, exclusivity. So, uh, it, it's it's obvious one they couldn't afford, or it would have been. Yeah, yeah I, but, I, I'm just gonna leave it there, right? You know, I'm not sorry that. You know, Spider Man, like there's Spider Man's exclusive to PlayStation for some And I've reason, been watching Spider Man. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. But but you've been playing, watching yep. uh, Spider Man on Xbox for years, and now it's a PlayStation exclusive. I'm not upset about that. It's just kind of the nature of how things are. They own Insomniac. They have this weird kind of Spider-Man deal with Marvel of whatever they have going on with that. But that's just Spider-Man now. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 the name of the game and it's just funny how the media can take that just little quote and make a title to the point yeah. where Pete Hines has to come out and acknowledge uh, a not kind apologize of for apologizing. Yeah. <laughs> But, but like for Pete Hines, doesn't that just make you like, oh my God, like this? Oh, yeah, like, why do they do yeah. this? Like why it just it would just make me not even want to talk to um these other outlets and just want to talk to uh people like Colt Eastwood or Dealer Gaming or uh Randall Thor. Yeah, like actual fans <laughs> because North. they're not gonna twist yeah, they're not gonna twist what they say. They're just gonna be real and it's just upsetting that yeah um the media tends to to, even though we had a great e3 show the the media tends to still hate uh xbox oh yeah like i i i had a uh i had a friend of mine come up and say that uh, the xbox show was absolutely horrible and i I had to look right into his face and say what are you talking about what are you that's not the narrative that is not the narrative actually the narrative is well it saved e3 so I, I said I wanted to know where you get, were getting your information about how they weren't using like in-game engine footage and all this kind of stuff like that. And I was just like, like it, yeah. it just seemed that because it didn't go one the the way that they that expected real. it, right? Yeah. Or or the you know what I mean? Uh, it it it's not good or it's not real somehow or it's or it's yeah. twisted or you know it's just so it's odd it is odd thinking it's 
It's funny because for some reason, like, yeah, the the PlayStation seems to be in such a highlight and everything. And I understand the position that Sony's kind of in with the PlayStation and everything. And, too. and well deserved too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well deserved. <laughs> yeah. And like it's 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 just funny because they've kind of trapped themselves in a way. And I feel like it's like they're stuck in a situation where they've rejected crossplay and everything. So it's making it harder and harder to cooperate with them. Like these other games and everything like are trying to offer up stuff, but Sony's spending all its money on these exclusives and everything to be like, this is what we have. This is all we have and everything. And I understand if you don't have those things, then it makes you less appealing, I guess, to have your fan base kind of like put as much money as they can into your business so that you can re-put that into gaming and everything. But I think that's where... Sony's kind of starting to fall short more and more and not to like bash on them and everything, but like they're rejecting the idea of cooperating with the other gaming developers and the community to push gaming to a better place rather than just a business perspective Mm -hmm. where it's just like, okay, like we've got all our, our single things and everything. But if or if Xbox and and all the like Xbox PC cloud gaming all this stuff is getting so big and so available to so many people it's starting to make Sony irrelevant because they're not wanting to be a part of it like even there's like huge rumors going around that like Nintendo is going to be a part of Game Pass and stuff and we might see some Nintendo games on Game Pass and cloud gaming and stuff like that like not that anything's been confirmed just yet but that's just it right it's like at some point I think PlayStation's kind of got to give and either join the community and start making their own streaming services that either work with the technology or or not. But like, it's going to be a whole lot harder if they're not a part of it. Like, if you can just use all those resources and join together, kind of. I understand it's kind of eliminates competitiveness, but at the same oh. time, it's where it's going. Well, what drives me crazy is back to just the whole like narrative thing. It's yes, Sony has earned their place. They make great games. Like the, yep, uh, yep. no one, none of us are yeah, denying they don't like make great games. Ghost of Tsushima, Uncharted series. They have fantastic developers yeah, under Ratchet their belt. Clank that just came out. Return. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I feel like we are starting. Uh, like there was a, a, a title of an article. Um, that I read where it's just like the way Microsoft will win this generation is through uh game pass um through quantity not quality. I'm like what? Oh. through quantity oh, not yeah. quality? Oh my goodness. Like is is Forza not like a 90 it's what like 90 metacritic game? Yeah. Um the new Halo looks fantastic. I'm sure uh the next Hellblade will be amazing. Starfield should be great. Uh like even xbox like, exclusive the medium getting, got an eight yeah i'm sorry yep, for right? getting um quantity and quality you know if that's yep. if that's and even ign was caught uh responding in comments that was like super uh bash biased towards like uh like play uh playstation and kind of bashy towards xbox yep. Yep. And I'm like, like, what's the point? Like, just, just enjoy your games. Like, uh, I, I don't understand why, the, when we finally get a, a W, that they still have to give us an L, right? Yeah. Yep. 
this is it's so funny it is actually one of the reasons why i wanted to do a podcast because i just felt like there's not enough of us like it's not us defending xbox but it just feels like we get this weird false narrative that keeps being written about us like we're idiots that somehow bought this xbox and still playing it and it's like oh yeah well you guys just have halo we just have now we're finally having this generation where like you know like well the world's are oyster we're just getting all this amazing set of games coming at us and we're now about to get all these exclusives we're and we're being more consumer friendly for the first time ever. We're everywhere. And isn't this all good things? I don't understand why this is a bad thing. I just don't get it. In fact, the, the fact that I tell some of my friends who own a PlayStation 5, hey, you know what? You don't have to buy an Xbox console. Just get Game Pass. Just get a, you have a PC. Go do it. You yeah, know, get I a think controller and that a you can computer pre- and you can go. The yeah. fact that you can even preview games on your phone if you don't even want to download it, right? Yeah, you don't want to download the actual yeah. game. You're like, you don't know if you want to, you know what I mean? If you have a bandwidth restriction, you can just yeah. preview it. Spend right. about five, ten minutes into seeing uh, if you can actually want to play this game on the cloud and then, and then make yeah. your decision to download it on your console or your PC. I, I I also want to add that, you know, it's not like we've never been sour by anything that happened where Sony took some games from us, because no. I remember when the 360 came, when the yeah. Final Fantasy games finally came for Xbox, and I was like, hey, my PlayStation friend has been telling about this game know anything about, I have no idea what the hell's going on, it's just a bunch of people with a bunch of hair, that's... And, you know, what I enjoyed uh, a few of those games, and um, I have friends who have played Xbox who love that. And then you think about the fact that the next PlayStation 5 game is like a two-world... Actually, they're not even announcing when the Xbox release date. Even Final Fantasy VII, everybody thought it was a one-year release, but it looks like the contract is being renewed and there's still no Xbox version. You know, it's it's kind of unfair. You don't see us... And actually, we are... I mean, I'm kind of upset about it, but I'm accepting it. Why can't people accept this? Yeah. It's about it's about that acceptance. It, it it is. I am not disillusioned to believe. Oh, you know what? There's just a little bit of hope that uh, Final Fantasy VII remake is going to end up. I'm going to just leave it at that's not going to happen until I see it happening, and I'm okay. I accept that. I have so, plenty of games to play. Right. Yeah. You see, you see Xbox exclusive on a title. You should just expect that that's going to stay that way until it doesn't. Yeah. And then if it doesn't be happy about it. Yeah, but if but not, you know go play God of War. Go go play your the no. games that you tout up and and be happy with it. Because those what? are exclusives that we'll never see. Go Spider-Man you know is something right. Go, we have go our, and sorry. play those games. Go and right, play yeah. go and play Halo. It's on your phone, man. It's on your yeah. phone for yeah. even a dollar. Yeah. For even a dollar. Yeah, right. I just don't One get dollar. it. <laughs> it we're, maybe we're just getting too old for this. That's maybe what it is. That's what it is. Maybe I don't know. Actually, I'm cheap now, the, man. Yeah, I got yeah. Kids. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, got, I've got bills to pay. Uh, yeah, Plus, I got, got a, I got a 55 inch Philips um, uh, monitor. I want to buy next. Save up. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh. we should we should close up today and talk about that because yeah. Hey, um, Jesse, do you use a monitor? Oh, I do. Absolutely. I use a Samsung monitor. Yeah. yeah, 4K. Dan, you use a monitor as well? Yeah. I use an Asus monitor. You use a TV? Yeah, nice. Josh, you use a TV, I guess? Yeah, no, I use my my Vizio uh, TV in my living room. 
Nice. Yeah. I think I'm, I won't lie, guys. I think I'm definitely dropping the ball by using a 60 hertz TV. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm going to have a 60 hertz TV. I oh, feel like yeah, if I, I see 120, well. yeah. if I see 120, I'll get spoiled and then go back to 60 hertz and I'll be like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh my. I, well, you know what? It is pretty awesome. If you haven't heard, Phillips just announced a 55 inch monitor and I'm de- designing all the, I'm just loving all the new like Xbox stamp of stuff that's happening. Uh, we didn't even talk about the Xbox design lab. Uh, I'm loving the little control things. Those are awesome. I already designed my controller. I, I have it designed. Yeah. In the oh same colors God. of the, uh, of the, the, the Twitch channel and everything. Uh, JD oh, pro on it. Nice, yeah. nice. I'm excited. I, I'm even thinking of picking up a couple of four giveaways and stuff like that later in the future. I think that would be really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm that saving awesome. my points for it right now. Yeah, I'm. I might be saving my points as well. I don't know how long it's going to take me though. It might take me. Oh, seventy nine dollars, right? Seventy nine dollars yeah. if you add your name on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It adds like fifteen more bucks to it if you get it engraved. Yeah, uh, uh, we'll we'll get the ne- Xbox North podcast and oh just yeah, next somewhere. yeah, black Josh, and red. Josh, I have to and say, white. there's one job that you should do is you should be like an Xbox trainer for points. Because you always <laughs> remind me after the end of the game session, make sure to collect your points. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's if you great. make that achievement, just like go get your 50 points every day. Don't forget. Yeah, yeah right. Points you should are amazing. do a video about that. Um, always, always check your points, do your quests, uh, do your searches, because honestly, it's just free money. Like yep. I almost have um, uh, 35,000 points, and that's like, what, $35? Wow. Yep. There's a great Reddit group to join for that. They'll they'll walk you through every week, every new quest, anything you need awesome. the answers for. They they awesome. post like every day. It's great. Awesome. Very, cool. very sure. cool. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Well, I guess that's it for tonight. Um that's all we have for today. Um man, that was a great podcast. I yeah, really nice. enjoyed that little last piece about that. You know what? We need to keep defending ourselves because it seems like everybody's out to get us. Oh well. Anyway, that's that's just a story for us, you know what I mean? But you know what? We're not sorry. We're not sorry about this, by the way. I'm not oh, sorry. No, we're sorry. Of course we're sorry. We're Canadian. Actually, should we say we're sorry? <laughs> sorry, we're sorry. We're, sorry. Sorry. We're, sorry. We're, we're, sorry, we're, we're sorry. Sorry. Sorry, sorry guys. For sorry, guys. Sorry. other PlayStation fans, we're sorry. We're empathizing with you guys. We're yeah. This is empathy, folks. This is empathy. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching the Xbox Nord podcast. My name is Andrew Ravindran. I'm with Jesse Dean, Dan Robertson, and Joshua James. This is the Xbox Nord podcast. Thank you so much for coming. We're also sorry about everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys. All right. Peace out, everybody. Take care, guys. Have a good night. Exclusive sorry. (laughs) Exclusive sorry. All right.